Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Trendy. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. O'Neal corner three. Royce missed another one. Conley taps the rebound up to Donovan at half court. Poor Royce. Donovan, crossover, step back. Got it. Donovan to the front court. Donovan Spida spins again. Ball fakes it at the rim. Lays it up and in. Donovan has 32. He drives here, puts the right hander up. No. Gets his own rebound, puts it back up and in. Some highlights as the Utah Jazz beat the Sacramento Kings Saturday night, 128-112. Donovan Mitchell. 42 points, and PK again with the second half. He had 12 at the half. The Jazz are down by six. So he came out and hit a couple of quick threes. The Jazz took a lead. It went back and forth, obviously, for a while. But he had a 30-point second half and a 42-point game. It is becoming a familiar script. He's played it other ways, but this is clearly how he's most comfortable doing it. Man, could you imagine if they had a third half, how good he'd be? Oh, freakish. What do you think? 50 point? 50 point? <laughs> Hockey style? Or we third have halves? Three? Yeah, we have to go third period. Because yeah. the period. third half is like the fifth quarter. The what? Well, we also, we every year in college football, we have teams ranked 27th. Why not? <laughs> nice. Others receiving votes. You're not 27th. <laughs> Royce O'Neal continues to struggle shooting the ball. You heard uh, David Locke in the highlights there. Two of six, 0 for two from three. So they played a half dozen games now this month. And he is now one for 21 from three this month. Law of numbers, PK. There must be a hot stretch coming. There must be a five for six looming out there somewhere. He's laboring, though. He might be injured. Yeah, I'm wondering if he already had his hot streak, though, because he was shooting the ball very well earlier. I don't know. We'll have to find out, and we will find out. Uh, He had a 47% month back in January, and then a 34. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, and then a 34 in February, and back to 40.8, so 41% in March. So riding the roller coaster a little bit, but that's where he sits right now. Where did the Jazz sit? Back at it tonight. The Washington Wizards are coming to town. This is a team that beat the Jazz in Washington a little less than a month ago. Jazz gave up uh, over 130 points that night. That was a rough one. Jazz get the Wizards tonight, and Jordan Clarkson is officially doubtful with the ankle. He'd be missing the third straight game. Mike Conley out with hamstring injury management. He's avoiding those back-to-backs, and they're going to play Oklahoma City tomorrow night. So... I guess by missing this one, usually he misses the back half, PK, but by missing this one, he'll have two days off, play a game, and then two days off instead of one day off and then three days off. So I guess they're balancing that out. So who, who do you want to see tonight? I mean, obviously you'll be getting a big dose of me, Aoni. There'll be uh, more time for him to play, but somebody else will probably go into the rotation. Got any favorites? You want to see Ilya Silva or somebody else? Oh, you don't care. Run him out there. Well, and we're take just going to see first. I, no, no, man. I don't know that it's a big deal. I'm not sure I want to see Aoni for three. I think I'd rather. See... 
the ninth man or tenth man and eleventh man, however you want to look at it, is going to determine who's going to win the game. All right, Jazz and Wizards tonight, seven o'clock for the tip, six o'clock for the pregame. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Now Miles Bridges, he'll go in, dunks it on top of Clint Capella. Are you kidding me? Oh no, he didn't. Miles gonna give it to you. Now they got across the timeline here. Chest it into the front court to Bledsoe. The no look to Zion and the flush with two hands. That couldn't have worked out better. George puts the head down momentarily. Crossover down the middle of the lane all the way to the rim. Oh, Paul George, look out. A box office finish as he put it on the head of Isaiah Stork. DeRozan taking it left side. Gets a screen from Derek White. Takes it down toward the baseline. Now step back long two. That shot is good for DeMar DeRozan with five tenths of a second remaining in the game. DeMar DeRozan, the game winner, as the Spurs beat the Mavericks, 119-117. Porzingis had a big game, 31-15, and and Doncic had a, big, had a big game and hit a big shot to tie it, but the Spurs get the win, and multiple. Three of the four Western Conference playoff teams playing yesterday got beat. The Mavericks lost. The Nuggets gave up a 31-3 run to the Boston Celtics. The Blazers got beat 107-98 by the Heat. Only the Clippers pulled through. Game was tied at 110 midway through the fourth quarter, and the Clippers pull away and beat the Pistons 131-124. So three of the four playoff teams in the West, hard to know who eight's going to be, but top seven we can kind of figure out right now. And three of those four played, or three of the four played and three lost yesterday. Rough day for the best in the West. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, if you look at it that way, but those teams down there that they just they scream a level of inconsistency. So, is it really that surprising? I guess the Nuggets is the one because they have been while well, they were very inconsistent, yeah. as you say, early on. Uh, they made the trade. They've gone seventeen mm-hmm. and three in their last twenty. Now seventeen and four and twenty-one, and a thirty-one to three run. I mean, there's lots of ways to lose games, and I think the way the Mavericks lost is probably pretty normal. The Blazers, I think, is probably most to your point about screaming inconsistency. But the Nuggets, giving up a 31-3 run in the fourth quarter. Guys, that's a new one right there. Well, the Celtics are, the I think, they're the league's biggest enigma this season. Yeah, the most, the best 500 team out there. They're now two over. I think they've won four out of five. Maybe they've won five out of six. But it's something like that. It's one or the other. And so, yeah, they were just a couple games down. And now they're a couple games up. So... Yes. No, no one, nobody who is that inconsistent is underachieving more. I'm kind of limited in the field there, but you get the point. Yeah, I do get the point because I think their talent would dictate that they would be way better than they are. Well, we've seen them win in a playoff series or two. They haven't made it to the finals, but they've been in the Eastern yeah, finals a couple yeah. of times. And, and now there's, you know, the, the big three, for lack of a better definition, in the East have broken away and can't figure out why them and, and possibly Miami. I guess Miami's got some other issues. But why haven't they gone with the top three? Why are they lingering with the, the rest of the conference? That makes no sense. They ought to be better than those teams. Right. And then I think Exactly, the, yes. Yeah. The game that really uh, probably impacted the Jazz the most, the one that we're most curious about here, Saturday night, the Lakers just blow the nets off the floor after Kyrie Irving gets ejected. Kyrie and uh, Schroeder 
both got a tee and kept yapping and kept talking and both got another tee. So they both got ejected. And after that, the Lakers didn't, and Schroeder was playing all right, but having Kyrie out, that really helped because Durant's on a minutes restriction and Harden isn't playing. And the Nets fall apart and the Lakers win big. And so the Lakers are now two games in front of the Blazers. I mean, they could still fall to six PK, but it looks like the Lakers, uh, the what was Jordan's term? My Jordan is, was it a supporting cast? Was that the thing he used? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So LeBron yes. and AD supporting cast is going to hold it together well enough to stay in that four five series. I don't know that they can get back to three, but they're looming as a potential second round opponent for the Jazz. Four looks like it'll be either the Clippers or the Nuggets. So the Lakers play the Clippers or Nuggets in the first round, and assuming the Jazz hold the top spot, which looks like they probably will right now. Mathematically, it's not certainly not locked up, but they probably will. So there's the Jazz second-round opponent. The Lakers play either the Clippers or the Nuggets, and the Jazz get the other team in the second round, get the winner of those three in the second round. I'm just for the record. I'm thoroughly confused now. On March 11th, on April 11th, you dictated the playoff. So there it no is. No offense, but I didn't follow any of that. <laughs> uh, James Wiseman, the Warriors rookie, meniscus tear, right knee. He might be out for the rest of the season. He was the number two pick, and the Minnesota Timberwolves may be getting. A new owner, Glenn Taylor, has owned him for a while, but looks like he's selling to uh, billionaire Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez, the former Yankee star. Purchase price in the $1.5 billion range. Taylor will continue to hold full control uh, for two years before uh, given relinquishing control in 2023. So, the T-Wolf. Which I don't understand how that works. Yeah, I don't get why it's delayed other than maybe Rodriguez and Laurie need that long to come up with all the money. So he holds it until they all have all the money. Maybe the payments are stretched out. They didn't really go into it, so I'm with you. I don't know for sure, but you've told me it's all about the money long enough for me to assume, well, this is all about the money, too. And, and A-Rod had some quotes when they were going to okay. buy the Mets. I saw a story about this, about how they viewed it not just as a baseball team, but basically this whole holding company and do what the Red Sox do and buy multiple businesses. And All right, well, we'll see how that goes. Well, I think the big story here, obviously, Alex Rodriguez being involved in it, but he has deep Seattle ties. Supersonics coming back. That's certainly a potential story out there. Taylor's saying the team is going to stay put, but, you know, that's the kind of say, thing you say right up until the time you move them. So, it's worth the paper it's uh, written on. But, yeah, in 2024, whatever, going forward, he would have no say. Right. And so, down the line, is that going to happen? Yeah, I mean, the Jazz were put into a trust that would keep the Jazz and the Miller family in perpetuity. Except it didn't. Until it got sold a few years later. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll keep our eye on that. And, you know, the NBA's talked expansion. Seattle has been mentioned with a bunch of other cities. I think Vegas most prominently among the other cities, but a bunch of other cities. Going back to Vancouver, potentially. Yeah, that's been thrown out there. All right, DJ and PK. As we saw the NFL, you can go to Jacksonville if the money's right. Who saw that coming, right? And then there was an owner with the money, and the NFL went to Jacksonville. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. 
being somewhere in an atmosphere and environment, knowing where the team knows you, they know your history, they know, you know, what, how you are, how to use you and stuff like that. So, you know, coming back and knowing that I would have Ben back for a warmer year and, you know, playing, you know, my last year, it was just like, yo, I'm going to take my chance. I'm going to play with Ben. Juju Smith-Schuster on why he's staying with the Steelers. He's going to play with Ben. Ben's back for one year, so Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be with him. It's a lot of doom and gloom around the Steelers, and because of the end of the season and the way it finished, I kind of get that. But they were 11-0. They were doing something right. A little bit of a mirage and a paper tiger at the end of the year, so see how much they can upgrade and see how much they can uh, fix all that. It's a, uh, it's a good division right now. Okay. Deshaun Watson's lawyer, Rusty Harden, acknowledged during the Friday news conference there was some mutual consensual encounters between Harden, Texans quarterback, and some of the 22 women who have filed lawsuits against him. But he also said at no point did Watson engage in any acts who were not mutually desired. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think this needs to be adjudicated. I mean, I don't, that's not anything that I would do or you would do or most of our listeners would do, would do that with that many ladies but you got to get the law involved here what is against the law what isn't against the law it's not the law isn't necessarily about morals you know what i mean i do know what you mean and it, it seems like there's two tracks here one is uh hint at using the law but really be angling for a settlement or settlements depending on how you look at it whether you did one settlement with 22 people or 22 separate settlements whatever it is uh, because this is certainly played out in a way that seems structured for maximum embarrassment. And to your point, the law, eh, not a whole lot of maximum embarrassment involved there. Two judges ruled Friday that most of the plaintiffs suing Watson must identify themselves. Uh, the rulings from two hearings Friday cover 13 of the 22 lawsuits. I have no idea why not 22 of the 22 lawsuits, or why not one of the 22, but it's 13 of the 22. Now, to your point, get the law involved and what happened and are there any witnesses? Uh, is there any other evidence? You know, it, uh, I guess the thing we found out with the uh, Patriots owner and, and his deal, you know, there's surveillance videos sometimes and what is that going to tell you? So you got to get to the bottom of all that. Or is this all going to be played out in the public court of public opinion with Watson losing sponsors and not having the trade leverage that we were talking about earlier in the offseason, because really the angle is to get a bunch of settlements. And I'm not clear which way this is going to go. Me either. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Deep side delivers. Here's a swing and a fly ball. Into right center field and deep going back as Buxton looking up and this one is gone. Goodbye baseball. Kyle Seager with a three-run home run. Pitch to J.D. And that is a hanging breaking ball ripped deep to right field. Does this have enough? Back on it is Santander. Gone. J.D. Martinez. A second home run today. No balls in one strike. The big right-hander ready and delivers. Swing and a ground ball to shortstop. Kim has it. Friendly hop. Throw to first. That is a no-hitter, and that is history. Joe Musgrove with the first no-hitter in Padre history. April 9th, 2021 at Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas. The kid comes home, and he gets it done. So highlights from Sunday's action and then the no-hitter Friday night. The Padres, 53 years without a no-hitter. They get the first one in franchise history, and they get it 
from a guy who grew up going to Padre games from suburban El Cajon, and his dad was a ticket holder, and so local boy makes good. The only team that didn't have a no-no. Multiple teams coming in the league, either with the Padres or since the Padres, and they all had it. Your Diamondbacks had it, PK. The Jays and the Mariners had it. The Rockies had it. Everybody. Tampa Bay. Finally, they got the no-no. We get the point. Uh, I'm, I'm happy for you. The kid comes home and goes to Texas. I didn't quite understand that one, but uh, hmm. great. Now you got It's about what you do in the postseason. That, that's just an oddity. No hitters to an extent are an oddity. There's been plenty of guys who are no-name guys who've thrown no hitters. It's helped get the Padres off to a seven and three start. Well, after ten games, they're seven and three. They've now played their eleventh game, but it got them off to a seven and three start. Which, to your point, what are you going to do in the postseason? Only two teams have been off to better starts, and it's the two teams that ended up going to the World Series. So, people are hoping that's a sign. But there's 150 whatever games still to go. JD Martinez highlights. Do you just play that as a former Diamondback Yacht? Are you just playing that so PK can, uh, you trying to like twist a knife or something? What are you doing? Multi homer game. Come on. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, three, didn't he? <clears throat> I believe so, yeah. They won their sixth straight after that yeah. season opening sweep against yeah. the Oaks. Boston had the terrible start. Mm-hmm. Now they're crushing it 14 to 9 over the Orioles. Yeah. Clayton Kershaw, money. Six shutout innings. He gets the win. He's 2 and 1. Dodgers beat the Nationals. Three zip. It's about what you do in the postseason, and Kershaw has his ring. You saw the video of that, uh, holding the ring up to the crowd and all that. And uh, now can the Dodgers do it again? Now off to a nice start here, and he's doing his part. Yes, they can do it again. DJ and PK. Line this up, make it roll, and he should make it. It's okay. <laughs> right down to the wire. Who predicted that by one? Matsuyama is Japan's first Masters champion. Hideki Matsuyama opened the final round with a four-shot lead thanks to the way he just scorched the back nine on Saturday. A bunch of birdies to build that lead up. Stretched the lead to six at one point and ended up holding on a win by one. The back nine at Augusta demands drama, PK, and it got its drama through 14, 15, and 16. Oh, I don't know about that, man. I, I, that was little drama there. I'll give you that. I but think at least it was, it was Matsuyama. Okay, but it wasn't. That's I don't know that it was big-time drama because I think Matsuyama, was, he had the lead in the number of holes, so he's playing from a defensive standpoint. You look at 12, he, the announcers are talking about, oh, just hit a long in that back trap and you don't have to worry about the water and a high score. And that's exactly what he did. And then Shoffley had to be more aggressive, so he couldn't afford to do that. So it was sort of drama at best. The drama all ended when Shoffley dumped it in the water at 16. Just a yard or two short, but it, yeah. caught, it caught the face of that uh, green there, and it's all sloped to the water, and he was doomed doomed by gravity at that point. I thought the, 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 the most dramatic swing was after Matsuyama dumped it in the water and actually tweeted out uh, Bob and, and Bob Casper will join us coming up at 8.30. Bob was uh, tweeting out about the big lead, and that should pretty much do it, but it's the back nine you never know, and I'm like, you can drop it in Race Creek and still win with that lead. But if you do it twice, and so when he was coming out of the water and he took his drop and did the two club lengths thing, they, well, if he sends it over the green back into the water, 
then he's in trouble. But man, he walked up, he looked at that the rough in front of the, well, in back of the green, but it was in front from where he was hitting. And he decided, yep, I'm just going to drop it here and I'm going to chip twice. I am not going anywhere near that water. So that was the most defensive swing to avoid the, yeah. the, the second penalty that would have really put the heat on him. Right. That's, that's what I'm saying. It, and, and he won the thing, so that's all that matters. matters. Right. Yeah. Uh, you got the green jacket. Yeah. Who cares? And so he. Wo- yeah. Right. So it doesn't really matter by, you know, one is plenty, really, when you think about it. It would have added more drama. And then I think the significant thing is he becomes the first uh, Japanese player, although I believe that that was only a matter of time. Yeah, it was a matter of time. And who was it going to be? Um, and, and Jim Nance listed a bunch of guys who've come over from Japan and had success on the PGA Tour to one level or another, but now Matsuyama's had it to a level that nobody else had. He's won a major. And when you're a major champion, that sets you apart. You get one of them, and every time Mike Weir comes on the air, and he unfortunately missed the cut at the Masters this time, but every time, and we, we don't refer to whatever cuts he's missed or whatever 7th or 17th place finish, it's Masters champ Mike Weir. You get to wear the green jacket that afternoon, and you get to wear that title forever. Now, I wonder next year, will they have Japanese food for the dinner? Oh, he'll get to uh, pick the menu. We'll find out what his favorite favorite foods are. As a, as a golfer, I assume he's traveled the world. I know he's won on the tour in Japan and in the U.S. I Probably he's played in Europe and all that stuff, or Australia or wherever. Who knows what it will be, PK? We'll find out in a year. Tony Finau finished tied for 10th place at 3-under. Not really a factor. Had a few uh, cool shots, but uh, a lot of the field got eliminated Saturday afternoon when uh, Matsuyama started making birdies on the back nine. He, he pulled away and didn't leave many guys much hope. What is Trending brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. No job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider at 9 o'clock. Bob Casper, Real Golf Radio at 8.30 to recap the Masters. And the question of the day coming up next, it's all about Donovan Mitchell as he slowly regains the form that, dare I say it? Oh, I will. Next, DJ and PK, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Jazz general manager Justin Zanuck. As the trade deadline approached, was there anything going on with the Jazz, or did you sit back like Fonz looking at himself in the mirror? I like what I see. Gordon, did you just call me the Fonz? <laughs> He's like 80 now, right? I'll go back and watch it. Um, given the results, two-thirds into the season of being very good. Also, given the large part of our assets are wrapped up in the highest performing players on our team, and anybody that would be available would maybe require disruption of that core group when that continuity is valuable going into the playoffs and coach has done a good job of developing our depth that we feel really good about the group that we have catch the big show weekdays from two to seven presented by big O tires the team you trust on 97.5 1280 the zone in the zone sports network hot takes or toast is brought to you by jerry signer cadillac cadillac owners may have changed but luxury has not come see the bold new lineup of cadillac at jerry signer cadillac today Question of the day, how about the run Donovan Mitchell is on? 
Mitchell coming off a 42-point performance against Sacramento. His last three games, he has averaged 40 points. For the month, he's averaging 30. His scoring average just keeps climbing here, PK. He was averaging about half of this in those four games they played in December as the season started, and it climbs. 23 points, 27 points, 29 points. Now he's averaging 30, almost 31 points a game. Are we getting back to Bubble Donovan? Yeah, I don't know about that, but I don't care about that. I care about the way he's playing right now, and he is rocking it. In my mind, he is first-team All-NBA. Top five. Who else is with him? Who are we squeezing off the list? Uh, well, I'm not squeezing anybody off the list. I'm putting guys on it. You have to earn it. I'm not that. There's nobody who's already earned it. So why would it, why would I do that? That that line of thinking doesn't make any sense to me. That's assuming that somebody's already on it and somebody's already ahead of him. And so I have to take somebody off to replace that person with him. No, no, not at all. No, who's joining him on the team, first team All-NBA? Not, 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 not that way. Sorry, I'm not going down that road at all. Uh, I can come up with guys, but my line of thinking is who's joining him on the team, not who am I squeezing somebody out to make him a replacement player. This is not Devin Booker or uh, Mike Conley who get replacement player All-Star invitations. Not at all. No way. You just insulted me and Donovan, and I'm not going to take that. LeBron. What about LeBron? Is he top five? All there's two different things. Is he? I'm, you can be top five and not be All NBA. So obviously LeBron is always going to be until he retires, most likely. But depending on how long he misses, that could b- basically disqualify him for All NBA this year. First team All NBA, anyway. I have to see when he comes back. There was a report over the weekend that Davis is back in two weeks and LeBron is back in three weeks. Well, that's a report until he gets out on the floor. If he misses two months out of a 72-game season, is that first-team All-NBA? Is he top-five player in the league? Absolutely. But is he first-team All-NBA if he misses two months of the season? That's highly debatable. Yeah, Durant is not going to be first-team All-NBA, I think, because he's going to miss too many games. Uh, He's not even close. Yeah, Harden remains to be seen. If he plays enough games, you know, how long is he out with the hamstring? If he plays enough games, then I think – Harden and Antetokounmpo are uh, are going to be easy choices. They're going to make the they're going to make the All NBA team first team pretty easily. There's got to be a premium on winning because as much as this run with Mitchell, the stats are awesome. He's shooting nearly fifty percent. The thing is, he's doing this forty point a game over the last three games. He hasn't shot the three well in this stretch. He's uh, Eight of 25 percent, but he is getting to the uh, he's getting to the rim. It's it seems like it's easy, and, and he's getting to the free throw line a ton, and that's a combination of well, you're driving it, so you're more likely to get fouled, and then you're getting the calls from the refs because we've all seen no calls that make us scratch our heads, and uh, guys getting there on ticky tack stuff, and so he shot thirty two free throws in these games, so averaging ten a game, you're getting into James Harden lead the league territory. You know, in his MVP glory days in Houston. Oh, yeah, and they're winning. It's about time that Mitchell and even Gobert get the recognition, and offense drives the league. 
Uh, offense is the highlights. You know, occasionally they show some defensive highlights. And Mitchell's offensive game is highly prolific right now. And he's playing with such confidence. His whole body language and everything else, just his demeanor about him, screams to me, first team, all NBA. And winning is about what's the most important in this league. Stats are nice, and you got to have the stats. But the stats on losing teams or the stats on average teams aren't nearly as impressive as the stats on winning teams. And the team that has the best record in the league deserves that type of recognition not some uh well well you know, we'll put you in at the end there we we can put we can put names on it Doncic and damian lillard they have awesome reputations they have awesome stats but their teams are sixth and seventh in the west and are the voters going to reward that or are they gonna look at a guy who's in the team who's got the best record in the nba right yeah so and, and, and I, you don't discount those guys by any stretch. No one is saying those yeah. players are not excellent players because they are. That's not the point. The point is you need to elevate the teams that are winning and the players that are the major factors as to why they're winning, particularly if you finish with the best record in the league. See, the Joker's going to be first-team All-NBA, isn't he? Kawhi Leonard? I would put the, the yoke man. I put the yoke man on there. Yeah, the Oak Man's my center. Uh, he does so much. So the Oak Man is my center. I'd probably go with uh, Antetokounmpo. Uh, and, uh, you know, depending on how long Harden is out, uh, you got to allow for some injury timeout. Yeah, you so don't to have speak. to play all 72. No. So, uh, you know, I, I haven't really thought about who else I would put on there. Because it's not like I have to justify putting Donovan Mitchell on the team. I, to me, he absolutely is right now best guard in the NBA. Anthony Davis was first team All NBA last year, but I think he's missed enough games. That's not happening this year. Oh, I know he's missed. Doncic was. Uh, first team all NBA last year. Yeah, but I don't get why you're doing this though. Why well, you're like you said having he was a first ju- team all NBA? Because and- you have to ju- you're justifying Mitchell's inclusion on the team. No, justify the other people's inclusions, not Mitchell's inclusions. You're say- what you're saying, DJ, is that well, if those other guys were healthy, they would be on and Mitchell wouldn't be. Why? Cuz I don't think people have that much respect for Mitchell or the Jazz. I mean, let's let's just cut to the chase. I don't think uh, they have well, that much respect. Big deal. We're not talking about other people. We're talking about me and you. And we're homers. No, I'm not. <laughs> well, unless you can justify putting him on the uh, first team versus these other guys, that's the label you're going to wear, whether you think oh, it and well, I think it or not. I, who cares, man? I've worn five million labels. I'm this, I'm that. <laughs> if I worried about what people thought me of me, I would have been crawling under a, a table a long time ago. I mean, that doesn't matter. I'm not going to, I don't, that's the point I'm making. I don't have to justify Donovan Mitchell being first team NBA. No, no, they have to justify. You have to justify to me why he isn't. He's the most prolific player on the best team in the league that always always gets you that type of recognition and now somehow we have to justify it 
Honestly, no. that is that what you just said is usually my default go-to, whether it's uh, NFL, NBA, or Major League Baseball, the default go-to for how do you pick the MVP. You start with best player, best team, and then you work from there. Who's got a, who's got a better case than that? Because that's the easiest case to have. I mean, the most valuable player is a player who does the most for the team that wins the most. That's what makes you valuable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not perfect because of basketball and the positions, right. but when mm-hmm. you say he's all NBA, you're saying, wait, he's not going to be top five in the MVP voting? Not convinced he is. Now, this is the kind of run, because it's what you said earlier, no matter what you do for winning points, and especially points scored in spectacular fashion. That can be pressure, you know, game winners and that kind of stuff, or 50-point games. These 40- and 50-point games, they catch people's attention. You know, be the leading scorer in the league, and you're – it'd be interesting to go back and look it up, but the leading scorer in the league, what do you figure, half the time they've been the MVP? Ballpark? Uh, I, I don't know. I never really thought about that. Yeah. I mean, score it. You're, I think you're spot on with the offensive numbers. And uh, there's nothing wrong with being a 20-point-a-game guy. You're a pretty good player if you're a 20-point-a-game guy and your team wins a lot more than it loses. Um, but he's going way past that now. Uh, we'll see how long he sustains this uh, 30 points-a-game pace. I wouldn't think he can sustain this 40-point-a-game pace that he's done for the last, the last three games. And, and two of the last three have been playoff teams. So it's not like he's just hanging this on the worst teams in the league. The three games are Suns, Blazers, Kings. So I mean, the Suns and Blazers are well into the postseason. The Kings, it's kind of funky with this new 10-team deal, but they're 12th, and I don't think any of us think they're going to get to 10th, but we'll see. Yeah, I think it's time we just acknowledge he's better than Jordan. There it is. Homer, wear the label. <laughs> no, that's Eddie Jordan, of course. Oh, nice save. Nice, <laughs> Eddie Jordan. Hadn't thought of Eddie Jordan in a couple decades. <laughs> and I'm not even sure who Eddie Jordan is. I just remember that name for somewhere. Yeah, he played. I, I think he played for the Lakers. I think he was. Uh, oh, okay, that's probably where I learned it. Yeah, yeah. I think he was um, uh, probably played a year or two with Magic, and then well, oh, he's going to be okay. the core and the future of the franchise. And yeah, three years bouncing around eighth place. And how about we make Kobe and Shaq the future of the franchise? New plan. Right. He was a nice. It was player. back there. In the recesses of my mind, but I couldn't have way told to, you the first thing well, about Eddie Jordan. Way to grab the broom, hit the cobwebs, and uh, pull that baby out. Good work. I know nothing about him. I just remember hearing the name. I just think Mitchell is playing at an elite level now, and it needs to be acknowledged. It's not about uh, what some voter in Connecticut thinks. I don't really care what he thinks. Well, our listeners are weighing in on Facebook. Tony says, uh, how about the, in answer to that, how about the run Donovan Mitchell is on? Tony says, imagine how good he could be if he could start the first half like he plays the second half. <laughs> okay. So now he's got these 30-point second half, so now he's going to go for 60? Uh, well, I, the, the thing that, that, that they need to go for is the victory. And so the formula is working, and he's had, he's had a few games of late where it hasn't just been exclusively second half. And, and in the final analysis, nothing matters except winning uh, as far as the team goes, obviously. The point may winning at the level that they're winning, there needs to be some individual acknowledgement. Magic used to talk about that a lot. And all the great ones do that if you want 
all the personal accolades than win because they have the winning that goes along with it. If you just have personal accolades at the expense of winning, then it's meaningless. And it's about you, especially in a league where you can compile a bunch of stats that don't connect or relate to winning. You know, in, in like baseball, Trout can put up these great numbers. His team hasn't won, but there's really nothing he can do about it. It's not like he can make pool hosts be the pool hosts of when he was with the Cardinals or whomever it might be. Yeah, I'm just using their, that as an example. You can't make so, their pitching better. Right. Right. And that's a huge component of winning in baseball is pitching, right? He, there's, I mean, he can, he can help it with his uh, scintillating play defensively, but not enough to make a huge, huge difference. So you look around that in terms of, well, the team hasn't won, but he's just an unbelievable player. All the statistics tell you all this, that he is an all-timer statistically. So we accept that a little bit easier, right? Probably a lot easier in that particular sport. And then in football, we just normally go to the quarterback since they revamped the rules and all who's throwing for 8 trillion yards and 107 touchdowns and two picks and boom, they get those awards. So we, we go in that direction too. But in basketball, you know, that's the good thing about it is winning in, in this particular sport, winning there's a high level of importance placed on it relative to the individual awards. And that's the way this should be. So all those players, those great hall of famers who've won multiple titles, well, they have the stats and the stats amplify by winning. So now is the, is everyone paying attention or the reputations uh, to cast in stone and they're going to be slow to catch up to it. That's the question. I'm well, they're ignorant if that's the case. Right, right. But every year there's controversy with this kind of stuff. It gets overshadowed a little bit because by the time this comes out, the attention starts to turn to the playoffs and, uh, you know, you get into, into the winning there. You know, the, to the point about Donovan's first half and all that, I think just to use the most recent game as the example, 12 in the first half, 30 in the second half, and the Jazz are trailing at halftime. Well, why doesn't he play in the first half like he does in the second? Well, hey, no one's going to sustain that. You've got to get your other teammates involved. And they weren't losing because of a lack of offense. You know, at the offensive end of the floor, they had 59 points, and that ought to be enough. But they gave up 65. The problem in the first half was the defense. And they won in part because Donovan went for 30 in the second half, but they gave up a lot fewer points in the second half. You know, and instead of giving up these 30 and 32 and 34-point quarters, you know, they gave up 24 in the third. Well, that and the fact that Donovan came out firing and, and hitting a couple of threes and he got rolling, if you're giving up 24 at the other end, you're going to take the lead, and they did. So I think if we're going to discuss what's going wrong in the first half, it's not Donovan having 12 points. It's, he gave up 65 points to the Kings. That's not going to get it done. Yeah, but the Kings weren't going to sustain that, so that, that didn't worry me at all. That's not who they are. They were not going to hit those shots. They didn't hit those shots in the second half. They were putting up air balls from the corner. Once the things got tight, they folded like a cheap whatever, fill in the blank. All the great writers, that's how they write. Suit. Cheap suit? Suits? I don't know. I don't even own a suit, so I don't know anything about suits. 
Donovan Mitchell on a tear, 40 points over the – he's averaging 40 points over the last three games. The season average is up to 26 points a game now. He's top 10 in the league in scoring. But some of the people in front of him aren't winning. I mean, Bradley Beal's leading the league, but the Wizards are going where, PK? Nowhere. Home? Yeah. <laughs> they got uh, – He's, he's just a shade under 31 points a game, but they are riding right now. They are 11th in the East, so thanks for that. And and it's, I think it's important to note that that's nothing against the Bradley Beals of the world. He doesn't have enough help, so this is what he has to do. And, and, and I know some people, like, if you make an argument against Donovan Mitchell, well, you take a James Harden and a, a Luka Doncic, you know, they're putting up enormous assist numbers. Okay, they are. Absolutely. The ball is in their hands a lot more. I think if assists mattered to where Mitchell needed to get them for the team to win, he would do that. And so his role isn't necessarily to have high assist numbers. His role is to score. He can have assist numbers. What what makes him even more critical is they have few players – that can break you down. And he obviously is one of them. And and Clarkson with his dribbling and doing all the stuff that he does, he can do it. And Conley to an extent can do it. But outside of that, they don't have guys that can break you down. So they need to move the ball. And Bogdanovich can do it a little bit. The ball on the floor. The point I'm making is what the Jazz are asking Mitchell to do, he's doing. If they asked him, this is my own opinion, I haven't necessarily seen it in big numbers, but if they were to ask him, Donovan, we need you to really distribute more and get those assist numbers up to 8, 9, 10, I think he could do it. But they're not asking him to do that because what they have All right, well, we've lost PK, but you get the point of where he was going. The way the team is built, his five assists a game, it's working. That's why they're the first team in the NBA to 40 wins. And so to what degree are they going to get rewarded for all that winning when it comes to these individual honors? All right, DJ and PK, stay with us. More on the Jazz coming up. Bob Casper, Real Golf Radio, to talk about the Masters at 8.30. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider at 9 o'clock. Right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Bob Casper of Real Golf Radio. Is it allowed for a caddy to give his player like a shoulder ride or a piggyback ride from hole to hole? <laughs> they're not linebackers. They're not, they're not going to give their caddy. <laughs> Bob Casper has probably given thousands of interviews, and today he was asked if a caddy can give his golfer a piggyback ride. You try to give somebody a piggyback through Augusta. Are you kidding me? All the hills up and down? While carrying their bag? While carrying their bag. You Are got you? their bag and them. Imagine if it's El Pato. <laughs> oh, eat more beef, Larry. Like, I can't go another step. Either can I, beefs. I'm crying over here. Either can I. Hanson Scotty. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 12. 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision. The Davis Vision Spring LASIK Sale is going on now. 
Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. Donovan Mitchell coming off 42 points against the Kings. He's averaging 40 points the last three games. He's averaging over 30 this month. He's into the top 10 scorers in the league now, 26 points a game. He is lighting it up. And the Jazz are the first team in the NBA to 40 wins. They've got the best record. They're on a 60-win pace. Actually, a little better than that, probably 61 or 62 wins if you're playing a full 82-game win or a full 82-game season. They're the only team on that pace right now, the only team that would break 60 wins. It's all lining up, PK. Your best player is playing his best basketball. You got the best record. Is there anything else you crave? Or just bring the playoffs on now? In the regular season? No. Just bring them on now. I've seen what I need to see. Let's go. Which, of course, can't happen. Yeah, and even if they were to flame out in the postseason, that has nothing to do with first-team All-NBA. It's a regular season award. It is, completely. Do you want to predict he'll get it or just that he should get it? Because you know that reputation... Well, it's right now. Yeah. Reputation sometimes lags behind the recognition for what you're doing. Uh, yeah, but what type of rep does he have, though? Is he established his rep to that level? To the first team level? No, I don't think he has. Now, will 19 more games, if he sustains this for 19 more games, will that do it? Uh, it will, could. I mean, as we discussed in the last segment, there are guys who have the first-team reps established, but depending on how many games they miss, uh, we've seen guys you know, taken out of the running for individual awards. LeBron's was, you know, he was an Ironman right up until the time he wasn't. Played 41 games. Uh, I think he missed a couple, but now the missed games are piling up, and if he misses three more weeks and everybody's playing about four games a week, that's it's going to be quite a few missed games there. You know, if he if he if he ends up playing, who was first team All NBA last year? Uh, I will get that short for you shortly. But LeBron was at the Kempo, uh, Doncic. Okay, so Doncic. You know, Kawhi had, wasn't. Had Kawhi more was more of a rep. Yeah, Doncic did have more of Go a ahead. rep. Yeah, um, more. He had more of a rep. I don't think he did. <clears throat> you don't think so? He just crashed in and got it with his uh, his big second year. It was, uh, he had more of a rep after one year than Mitchell has after three, going on four with the best team in the league. I don't buy it. LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Anthony Davis, James Harden, Luka Doncic. Luka was making his first appearance on, uh, on the All-NBA team there. And let's see, four for Antetokounmpo and Davis, seven for Harden, and 16 for LeBron. What rep did Doncic have? Well, a rep that he built overnight in a year. I mean, basically, you're the next, you're the European magic. I mean, I don't know that you can have another Magic Johnson. What he did for the league, not just his team, but what he did for the league, the time he did it, it was, dare I say, magical. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'll show myself out. Okay. Um, but, so you're another Dwayne Wade. And- ooh, Dwayne Wade. That's interesting. Another Dwayne Wade. Um, 
You know, I think, well, you, it's hard to compare a guy whose career is in the books with a guy who's just getting started. Um, but, yeah, is, you know, is Mitchell going to be Dwayne Wade? Is Donovan or is Luka Doncic going to be more than D. Wade? You know, where are these guys headed? No, you can compare. I'm comparing Mitchell to Wade, right. Doncic to Magic. Mm-hmm. Not Doncic to Dwayne, Dwayne Wade. Wade. So I don't think that Doncic had more of a rep when he was named first team All NBA than Mitchell has right now. Jokic was a second teamer last year. It seems clear, I think, to all of us that he's going to be first team this year. Oh, okay. I thought you said he was first team last year. He was second team last year but I think he'll be first team this year. He was first team two years ago. He's been on it. So he's kind of, you know, his rep, he's not locked into first team, you know, career-wise. But he's getting there. (laughs) He's about to lock himself in if he keeps this up. (laughs) And he's a great, great player. But on his team, see, that's the point I was making before. They're asking him, to do more because they have less talent. So his stats are going to be gaudier because they need him to do that in order for them to win. They basically have poor Zingas when he's healthy and then a bunch of high-level role players. Just not a bunch, but you know, like a Hardaway is a, is a decent role player. Not necessarily a high-level role player when he gets hot like he did against the the Jazz uh, a couple of weeks ago, he did his thing. So I think that's what you've got there. And the Jazz don't need Mitchell to do all the things that Doncic does because they got better players. So how much will they reward those individual stats and how much will they reward the winning? Well, if they got a brain, they'll acknowledge <laughs> Mitchell first team all NBA. Uh, Rudy Gobert has gotten the All-NBA recognition, uh, second team once and third team a couple of times. Uh, but for Donovan Mitchell, well, he hasn't gotten any of that, so that, w- that goes back to the point about your rep and, and how fast can you grow that rep. Uh, and he, he's grown it. He, he has grown it. He's taken off. He's playing at a much higher level than he has been at any point, uh, excluding that little bubble experiment thing. And that was just a few games. And here's a, an almost an entire season minus the 10 games, but it's still plenty. The sample size is overwhelming. 72 games is plenty, plenty enough amount of games to make judgments on who's good and who deserves what and so forth. It's not like they're playing one year. They played 50. That's probably enough too. But this year, just only playing 72 to me, that's almost the same thing as playing 82 as far as I'm concerned. So there's plenty of evidence. And I think Gobert, he's slotted to be a third-team guy because you got the yoke man in Denver, and then Embiid runs his mouth enough, and he's in Philly. They've been winning, and his stats are huge. And it looks like they're going to finish first or second in the East. So Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, more on the NBA and the Jazz, and also Bob Casper, Real Golf Radio. We'll get a Masters recap with him and the Utes. One week to go in spring football. Kyle Whittingham, we played him for you earlier this morning, reacting to the scrimmage, predictably, predictably positive, 
and upbeat about the quarterback development, PK. Predictably. Get to all that coming up. DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.